Welcome everyone. My name is Arne Butmann. I'm a partner with Oxygy. We are in the business to help leaders and their organization solve challenges they are facing today while building capabilities for the future. With me today is Sophie Morel. Sophie, please introduce yourself. Hi Arne, hi everyone. So my name is Sophie Morel, I'm an executive leadership and team coach, and I leverage 20 years of international business experience in leading multicultural teams and large-scale transformation initiatives across multiple countries. I'm very delighted to be uh, with you today, Arne. Thank you for the invitation. You're welcome. Thank you for, for, for joining me today. So we're talking today about a topic that is really at the heart of the work that we do with teams and with organizations. It's about resilience, mental fitness, and cultural transformations. And of course, how these three elements go very intimately together. We will start with resilience, um, what it is, why it is so important, what it takes to develop it, how it is associated with mental fitness, and finally, what role it plays in cultural transformation. And then at the end of our conversation, we will talk about the integrated approach that we adopt, taking the best of customized training of innovative technology support and group and individual coaching. But yeah, let's first um, talk about resilience, Sophie. Um, so what, what is resilience and why is the COVID crisis that we're still in and the subsequent lockdown measures an obvious example why this capability is needed more than ever? And, and, and what are the factors that you see that make this topic more relevant than ever? Yes, so there are many definitions of resilience and it is most often defined as the capacity to recover quickly from tough, sometimes traumatic life uh, circumstances. Also, it's not a new topic, it's widely spoken in this moment, which indeed reflects how important and relevant uh, it is right now. So I see three factors that, makes, uh, that make this topic totally relevant right now. The first one is the magnitude and the globality speed of spread of the crisis. The magnitude of the disruption that this crisis has generated is unprecedented. Everyone's life basically has been impacted at different levels and uh, different scale. So of course, it's important to acknowledge how different the experiences have been for people across uh, different geographies and social uh, economical groups. So there are factors of vulnerability, social for many, that make this hardship and trauma more and less impactful and serious. Having said that, the principles of resilience remain the same, applied to your own reality. Besides that, the second factor is the multi-level uh, impact. So the impact has happened at many different levels, individual relationship to yourself, uh, bringing a unique flow of thoughts, strong emotions, relationship with your immediate and intimate circle, family, friends, and significant change in your work environment as well. And finally, the last level is a profound change at society level, models of society and macroeconomic being deeply uh, questioned. So the fact that the, the, the crisis had an effect on so many levels simultaneously made it particularly challenging. It's like having your entire system of reference and foundations being shaked at the same time, almost from one day to another. 
And normally when we, I mean, usually most of the time when we experience disruptions, life-changing situation, it's most likely affecting one or two dimensions at a time, but not all at the same time. And, and the third factor is uh, definitely the lack of visibility. So by essence, human beings love certainty and predictability and face, facing uh, unprecedented circumstances and not knowing how long it will last um, and what will be the implication is particularly uh, disconcerting. So these three factors together, the magnitude, the different level of impact and the lack of visibility have created that urge and necessity to leverage on our existing resilience strengths and reinforce them. So this is where resilience um, becomes as a very important skill and competence. What it does is that it reduces your anxiety and stress level. It improves your health and functionality. So in summary, it builds your ability to live happier as you experience uh, more positive than negative emotion. I like that. So experiencing more positive than negative emotions is definitely um, an uplifting promise in, in these times of constant change. For me, it would be interesting to, to understand from you what link do you make now between resilience and what you would then call mental fitness? Yes, so I, a simple definition of uh, mental fitness comes from uh, Sherzad Chamin's work on positive intelligence. It's basically the capacity to recover from negative to positive responses to work-life challenges. And it's one of the most significant contributing factors to building resilience. And improving mental fitness is about working on three interlinked mental muscles. The first one is looking at the root cause of what creates uh, our challenges at individual and consequently at group team level. It's about becoming aware of your automatic thought patterns, your mental models, what generates actually most of your stress and negative emotions and prevents you uh, from building resilience. In the mental fitness language, positive intelligence language, we call those mental models saboteurs. The second uh, muscle is about working on not being hijacked by the negative emotions triggered by these automatic thoughts and then learn how to self-command and actually rewire uh, your brain. And the third muscle is about mobilizing alternative resources that we all have, but for some reason, lose sight of um, as, we, as we grow, as we go through life. And mobilizing these resources is what allow you at the end to be adaptive and to see the opportunities with confidence and hope. That, that, that makes actually a lot of sense and I can, can, I can very much relate to that. And in fact, it reminds me of um, the time when my twins were born. Um, I think at that time I felt like I was on top of everything. I could control my overall fortune. I was fully in, in charge of my day-to-day -day life. And then suddenly these um, two little uh, dependent little beings um, came to my life and um, with their needs dominating everything. And so if I, if I relate to what you're saying, like the saboteurs, and I would say my, my automatic thought pattern had always been that I need to satisfy everything and everyone and I need to, you know, be in control and mm -hmm. make everything perfect. And 
that clearly became a, a major stress factor with, 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 with the two kids in my life. And so it, it took um, quite a bit of challenging myself. And I would also say be maybe a bit kinder to myself, then learn how to self-command, um, as you said, mm -hmm. um, me around, you know, a different way of thinking of maybe more thinking around like good enough and 80% is fine. And um, you take one day at a time and you don't have to have a plan for, for the next year or two or three. Is, is, is that, does that make sense? Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Actually, it's, it's a very good um, illustration of probably your natural inclination toward um, being in control, taking charge, which is, by the way, a great strength to have. It brings a lot of energy, action orientation, decisiveness, and this is who you are. And it's, it's great. And as you say, it can generate also high level of stress and anxiety when things don't go your way or as planned or as you wanted them to be or as you, you had um, uh, envisioned them to be. And this is where the awareness of the emotion generated and the, the intentional shift that you actually made toward activating empathy, uh, more empathy for yourself, for example, but also creativity in inventing new ways of um, living generates at the end a better and more positive outcome and more positive emotion. <laughs> yeah, hard learning. <laughs> no kidding. Uh, it was, I want to talk about, um, you know, Boris Cyrulnik, you mentioned him, he's, he's one who popularized the resilience concept in, in 2009 and, and he defined resilience as an invisible spring allowing us to bounce back from the ordeal by turning the obstacle into a trampoline, by turning fragility into wealth, weakness into strength, and impossibilities into a set of possibilities. Almost poetic, I want to say. Um, can is, you give me yeah. a few, yeah, can you give me a few examples what, what more resilient people separate from people with lower resilience or mental fitness? Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for mentioning uh, Boris Cyrulnik. We can't speak about resilience without uh, mentioning him indeed. And he also says, uh, that was the title of, of our um, a topic when we decided to uh, have that conversation, resilience is the art of navigating through torrents. I really love that metaphor as well. So how do we, how do, we do that? For me, it all starts with self-awareness. Recognize how we feel and understand why, and then our capacity to respond. First, how much do we believe in our capacity to respond to life challenges, which build self-efficacy and confidence, and impact how much uh, we empower ourselves to respond, and therefore how much we act in a way that's going to be helpful, helpful uh, for us. So in other words, no matter the circumstances, the problems, the setbacks, it's your consciousness of the way you operate mentally and your ability to choose how you want to operate that is going to make the biggest difference. In general, what uh, research uh, has shown is that the most resilient people tend to be first more purposeful and make sense of situations, find meaning in their, uh, in their life. Second, they tend to be more realistically optimistic. So it's not the, the naive way of being optimistic, if I may say, but really um, having that uh, reality check and down-to-earth approach, outlook uh, to life. 
Third, they tend to be more confident, which in turn lead them to action, to take action. They also tend to be focused on where they can make a difference. So it's really about focusing on things you can control and convert them or accept what you can't uh, control. Uh, as a fifth um, element out of six, I would say um, they are more open in general to novelty. They are more flexible. They, they, they'd like to uh, try things out, embrace new ideas. They have what we would call a learning, a learner mindset. And the last point, uh, very important, is that they reach out to others. We are not alone in facing what we are facing, and there is no shame in being uh, vulnerable enough to seek help from family or friends, mentors, professional uh, therapists, or, or coaches. This is what actually uh, Boris Cyrulnik calls uh, resilience tutors, and they play a key role in building uh, your resilience competencies. Yeah, I like that um, resilience. Is, is really a, a, a capability that you can learn, right? It's not nothing you're born with it and, well, you're not born with it, but it's really um, some, the beauty of it is that um, you, can, you can get better at, uh, and you can develop your own resilience and you can strengthen your mental fitness. From your experience, what does it take for people to increase their resilience? Actually, practice the intentionality of the practice. It's exactly like going to the gym. The more weights you lift, the more fit you become. Same with brain muscles. The more you exercise them to respond in a way that's helpful for you, starting with everyday small challenges, the more effective you will be to handle and adapt to bigger uh, life challenges. And this involves uh, a profound personal and professional growth. You mentioned professional growth. I, I think that's interesting because resilience is a universal capability that helps people not only master their, their, their private life, like, like me with my twins, but, but really also to master work-life challenges. So it should really be in the interest of organizations and their leaders to support employees in growing their mental fitness. What options do organizations and what options do leaders have to do that? Yeah, so absolutely. It is in the interest of organizations to support employees and more and more organizations actually offer programs and support um, their employees in order to build those skills. It has been an integral part of stress management, change management initiatives as companies have understood that the success of such initiatives are much more related to the human side of it, the ability of leaders to manage their own emotions, support their teams and develop individual and organizational resilience uh, to go through disruption. So all of this now is taking a prominent place in the learning and development agenda. Just to mention um, a few initiatives. Organizations have engaged in focus group discussions around purpose and how to bring it to life in a more conscious way. Uh, I've seen as well that they've reinforced um, employee assistance programs, defined new working conditions and rule of engagement. They provided countless hours of training to build employees' knowledge on stress management and resilience building. So things are, are moving in really in the right uh, direction. 
Yeah, I think I, I see these signs as well that organizations take a more holistic view and a, approach to help their employees um, yeah, succeed in, 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 in also these kind of skills that, that maybe go beyond the professional learning um, of, of technical skills. In, in your work, you, I know that you're using or you're, you're working with this mental fitness program and that you've incorporated in your resilience building work as you support both organizations and, and, and individuals to go through change and transformation. Tell me a little bit more about that program and what outcomes you've seen. Mm -hmm. Yes. So what, what I've just mentioned uh, before about what companies are already doing is fantastic. The truth is, the hard truth is that uh, there is a challenge most companies face, is that no matter how much they invest into educating employees about these themes to be the resilient culture, there is always something missing on the sustain, sustainability part. And because I don't go at foundational level, at true schools level, it stays at the superficie, let's say, if I may uh, say it this way. Basically, what happens after a few weeks, um, a few weeks after a leadership development workshop? And I've personally co-developed and rolled out amazing leadership training programs, world-class material shared with employees globally. What's the retention rate of those workshops? It's painful to admit, but most training in organizations fizzle after a few weeks. We all know that uh, forgetting curve after after one or two weeks, 90% of what we learn is basically forgotten. So here comes the alternative to that, or better said, a complement, which is the mental fitness program, as mentioned earlier. And this program is about increasing your positive intelligence quotient. And you achieve that by working 15 minutes a day on your mental muscles in order to embed tangible changes. Imagine the, the level of effectiveness of a team where each member mobilize their best self-leadership, master their emotions and triggers, where you have a common language and a daily practice that supports each other in, in being able to do that. Companies literally go exponential. And because this work is foundational, the applications are infinite. It helps creating a stronger organizational resilience, support a change initiative. It has many ripple effects. As you said, the, the, what it requires is really this more comprehensive approach. Um, and, and I think that's what separates your, this mental fitness program that you described from, from other programs or from traditional learning and, and development strategies. When it comes to supporting organizations um, that, that goes through change and, and building resilience, what is, it, what is your experience there? Yeah, so as you said, uh, initially as we started, this program takes the best of customized training, innovative technology support through the use of uh, the positive intelligence application and group and individual coaching. And because, I mean, you know that I have an, uh, a scientific background. So what I love about this program is that it comes from a, a synthesis of research on neuroscience, on cognitive behavioral psychology, on performance science. Foundations are really solid. So in other words, I see three uh, key 
elements that make it um, really uh, distinct. The first one is that it's transformative and simple, and it goes beyond the tactical adjustment that you can make uh, in your life, in your work environment. It allows you to really transform uh, at your thought uh, process level and really at the root cause level of what creates your, your stress or lack of resilience. That's the first element. The second one is that it's innovative. We, we are in 2020, we only hear about digital transformation. And the beauty of this integrated approach is that you associate the power of a personalized human support through coaching of, of individuals and team and the use of a customized application every day. So as such, it's truly an innovative approach. And the third element is that it's sustainable. The result, the outcome are sustainable. It's not a one-time off thing uh, as a, a training would be. So you build on the insight you get through education and coaching, which is responsible for, let's say, 20% of the transformation. And then you actually build your mental muscles with everyday practice, which is responsible for the other 80% of transformation. So at the end, you tangibly see your evolution day after day. And the cherry on the cake is that it's, it's fun. Uh, and I must say many of my clients have involved their family members even in this journey. So it goes beyond the, the, you know, the, the first circle of colleagues and so on. Yeah, I agree. I, agree. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can only echo what you said. I think it is a transformative yet simple program. It's innovative in, in its approach and, and very sustainable from its outcomes. Um, what, what outcomes do you see typically that um, your clients achieve in this program? Yeah, so the, the impact of doing this work is dramatic on, on many levels. But this, if I have to uh, mention only uh, the three biggest benefits I've personally experienced and seen with my clients, um, I would mention the, the impact on lowering the stress level Second, the increase in effectiveness, both at individual and team level, and providing a greater sense of fulfillment. And third, fostering healthier and more productive relationship, which is really the base of, um, of a better collaboration and at the end, happiness at work. So back to our key topic of resilience, all of these, these three factors greatly uh, contribute to building resilience and um, Face, help facing adversity with more ease. I mean, lower stress, increased ineffectiveness, healthier, more productive relationships. Sounds like a no-brainer to sign up for this program. And so, yeah, thank you, Sophie, um, for this insightful and inspiring conversation. If you want to learn more about the mental fitness program, please reach out to us. Um, we'd be more than happy to give you a taste of um, what it is about and, and, and how the experience that you have, the different experiences create. Thank you, Sophie. Thank you, Arne, for inviting me. It was a pleasure having this conversation with you. Thank you so much. <laughs>